From the pages of the Salt Lake Tribune, straight to your earphones, this is Tribune Sports Radio. But with, uh, was that, is that when I graduated from college, it was in December of 2000, no, 2000, my lord, uh, 97 yeah. in December. Now, uh, now, was Gwyn your childhood hero? Yes, of course. Okay. Tony Gwyn, yeah, Tony Gwyn yeah. is always my childhood hero. But anyway, we were at the, uh, it was the Grand Legacy, and uh, I'm sorry, the Silver Legacy in Reno, and okay. it was my mom and my siblings and my dad, and as we're getting ready to go sit in the steakhouse, uh, there was this guy that came by, and he had to have been about five foot ten. 300 pounds, yeah. the broadest shoulders you've ever seen, shaved bald head, just glistening bald head and stuff like that. And he's walking through the room, shaking hands with people. And I was so happy to be done with school, and I was happy to have my family with me, and you know the whole yeah. caboodle. And then uh, it just sort of like you want to talk about the icing on the cake is that I look over, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Eric Butterbean, you know, the uh, the king of the one rounders. You know? <laughs> and so I look. My mom goes like, who's that fellow? And he looks like Kingpin from the Marvel comics. And uh, my mom says, well, I'm going to go talk to him. And as, as per usual, because my mom is the same person that decided that she wanted to meet uh, Tone Loke at an airport. <laughs> she just goes and talks to people. <clears throat> Anyway, so she goes over to Eric Butterbean and says, oh, my son just graduated from college. Would you mind coming over and meeting him? And so while we're getting our drinks uh, for our dinner put together and wondering where mom is, here comes Eric Butterbean. He wraps his arm around me, and I stand up, and I get the picture with the fist put up like that with him and my diploma in the other yeah. hand. And, I mean, it was kind of, in a weird way, it was like that was the best part of graduating from college, ah. uh, meeting a guy like that. But... I don't know. I mean, that's got to be the coolest thing wait, about... Wait, so Tony... Wait, how does Tony Gwynn fit into this? Well, Tony Gwynn's just a childhood hero. When I was a kid, uh, my grandfather had season tickets to the Padres from the time they were in the PCL. And so when they got into the Major League Baseball in 1969, yeah. uh, he had tickets for the Pods at the time because after World War II, he was, he was stationed down in San Diego and just spent the rest of his life working as a union plumber. Uh, just loved baseball his entire life. Yeah. Uh, so you didn't meet Tony Gwynn? Oh, I met, I met Tony Gwynn twice. Oh. And so I'm getting to that. Oh, okay, but, okay. But uh, and so my grandfather, who had a connection with baseball, is that he, allegedly he said that he got signed to the Philadelphia Athletics by Connie Mack, you know. <laughs> and I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Sure, you, you know? I, you're right. And then he said, I, I would have been a hell of a third baseman, you know, <laughs> if uh, the Japanese didn't bomb Pearl Harbor, you know. And, and he spent five years on a destroyer, <laughs> the USS Hunley, out uh, on both sides of the Atlantic and the Pacific. Uh, but... Anyway, he loved baseball and he loved every, you know, he loved the, the sport and he loved taking me to the games. But what was really cool about it was that I got to go to spring training in Yuma because the Padres now are in Tempe. And if you've ever been to Yuma, Yuma is like playing baseball on a fried egg in the pan. Not hot enough just to cook <laughs> the egg, but you're actually on the frying pan. Right. I think it's like 25 miles away from the, the Mexican border. It's, uh, it's just ungodly warm down there. And, um, I remember as a kid because of the Hot Stove, which was the group of Padre fans at the time, and I think now Hot Stove is a pretty ubiquitous term yeah. with baseball. But uh, we were down there, and uh, there was a game of catch that we got to play with Tony Gwynn. So I was probably about seven, eight, or nine, somewhere in that neighborhood. And uh, you know, and he does the thing where he sets it up like in, not in a triangle, but like this pyramid where he's at the tip of the spear, and then there's like 17 kids at the base yeah. of the spear, and you throw one to him, and Tony throws one back, yep. you know. And so I got a game of catch, even though I think he only threw it to me twice, maybe three times, you know. And uh, he was just, you know, he couldn't have been a cooler guy at the time, yeah. Um, you know, but it, it was a funny thing about it was that I was actually a Luis Salazar fan at the time. Uh, 
who was the second baseman for the Padres. And this is really inside deep baseball. No, but I, I know who Luis Salazar is because he went on to play for the Cubs. He played for the yeah. Cubs, yeah. But I was the biggest Luis Salazar fan. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I remember they had this moment where the kid, you know, there's nothing better than being like seven, eight, or nine at these training facilities yeah. where, like, if you and I were to walk on the training facilities with minus the press credentials, we would be tackled, hogtied, and thrown oh, in the back yeah. of the squad. Yes. But when yes. you're a seven-year-old kid, you're able to basically run up in the middle of drills, hold out a program, like, can you sign this? Right. And they'll stop what they're doing to sign in, yeah. tussle your hair, and, you know, just... Right. You know, that's why baseball really is kind of a, a brilliant sport in that sense, you know. But um, when we met with Luis Salazar, and... This is going to show both my ignorance and a lot of other things, but I couldn't believe he didn't speak English, you know. And oh, so, yeah. And so Luis, you know, he couldn't have been nicer. Like, you know, like he shook my hand, stood for a picture, like tussled the hair. And yeah. I think he signed a baseball and stuff. And I remember, like, asking him questions, and he would just good-naturedly shrug his shoulders. <laughs> and, you know, and it was, it was basically that was the impetus for me to start taking Spanish lessons because I wanted to learn how to hang out with Luis Salazar. Right. You know, kind of a... <laughs> Kind of a, a journeyman. I think he had about 11 years in the, the bigs. 13 years. 13 years. Uh, a lifetime 261 batting average with 94 homers, 455 RBIs. Mm-hmm. Uh, a career that sp- included it was the Padres, the White Sox, back to the Padres, the Tigers for 130 games in 88, mm-hmm. back to the Padres in 89 for some of the season, then went to the Chicago Cubs. For the remainder of the 89 season, which the Cubs made the playoffs that year, and finished his career in 1992 as a Chicago Cub. Was a Chicago Cub? Yep. Oh, yeah, of course he is. Now, see, I, I, you know, you bring up kind of the childhood heroes in baseball, and um, I, I hearken back to my freshman year in college. I was at Loyola mm-hmm. in Chicago. Uh-huh. And I've told you before, Benny, that one of the big reasons that I went to Loyola was because it was so close to Wrigley Field. I was a big Cubs fan since '84. Uh, why weren't you growing up in Syracuse? Why weren't you more of a Yankee, a Mets, a Red, uh, a Red Sox fan? Well, I didn't grow up in Syracuse. I grew up outside of Rochester. Rochester, pardon me. Right. Um, the reason was, okay, is that in '84 the Cubs made the NLCS, which you know well. Well, let's see because who beat them in '84. Who cheated? Um, <laughs> right. Put well, some outdoor lighting in. As a young pup in '84, um, I jumped on the Cubs bandwagon during the during the playoffs, and. Instead of uh, – my mother was a Yankees fan. She grew up a Yankees fan. My dad, he, he was just a baseball fan. He didn't really have a team. Um, and so in 84, I jumped on the Cubs bandwagon and loved their second baseman, Ryan Sandberg, which I will – the story will continue to him here in a minute. Love Ryan Sandberg. Um, why, for the name of – in the name of all things holy in 85, when the Cubs stunk, I didn't jump off that bandwagon? Because I, w- I would have been – I would have been eight during that season, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so as an eight-year-old, you are more than welcome to jump on and off bandwagons. Like, it's almost expected. Yeah. Y- you should not have loyalty, but I did. And so I stuck with the Cubs because they were on WGN, who, uh, which we got in New York. Uh, and so I could watch every game of the Cubs. I'd come home from school uh, because we were – it was, in, it was in the East Coast, on the East Coast – um, the games didn't even start until 2.20. So I'd be home from school by like 3.15, 3.30. And, you know, it'd be like the third or fourth inning. And then I'd watch them lose. 
And, you know, so I'd, I, every afternoon I'd come home and I'd watch them lose. And so that's I, I ended up being a Cubs fan because of that. Well, it's it's funny you're talking about WGN is that with TBS, I watched more Braves games as a kid than my beloved Padres or yeah. any other. In, in fact, growing up in Vegas, you would have thought at bare minimum Los Angeles Angels games. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, yeah. Do, I'm sorry, uh, Angels or Dodgers games. Right. Uh, and it, never to hear Vin Scully give his call, even though we did get, mm-hmm. I can't remember the radio station, but. I remember very romantically vis-a-vis my grandfather saying, like, if you want to enjoy baseball, you got to listen to it on the radio. And, yeah. and you know, it, it, it hurts me to say that the best ballpark in baseball is the Giants Stadium. Yeah. Uh, AT&T, is, it's the top, you know. And, and it doesn't hurt me to say Vince Scully the, was the best play-by-play guy, but he's the best play-by-play guy. I think. He is, yeah. I, think, I don't think yeah. anybody did a better job calling a ball game than Vince Scully. Oh, yeah, I, even now, um, if I'm up in at night and uh, – because I I usually get the the major the the MLB package. package. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if the Cubs aren't playing, I'll turn on the Dodgers game just to listen to Vince Scully because he's he's amazing. I mean, even now, um, he's just amazing. It, it and what's cool about him is he does it on his own. He doesn't have a color guy. Um, it's just him. And I mean, I I could see where some might think he's a little hokey and that like he'll. He, he kind of just reads the media guide mm-hmm. and then but then like he'll expand on it and then when he starts talking about like the olden days yeah, like when when he was getting into it and and the players he saw uh, I mean it's a thing where I think it's the fifth inning where like they'll come back from commercial and then he'll uh and then he tells like a little story about well in 1949, you know, and, and that New York accent, and, and then and then he ends it, and then they show him, and he's like, and now back to the game, and it's like, oh Vin, you still got it. That was yeah. you know when I moved to Salt Lake, that was one of the things um, I did not I did not like the Utah Jazz when I moved to town, you know, because uh-huh. as far as I was concerned, they were the uh, the team that stood in way of Michael jo- uh, Michael Jordan, you know, and then yeah. you move yeah. to Salt Lake and you're like, you know what, Michael Jordan pushed off of Brian Russell. He did it, not. He, he did not. <laughs> that was a that was a clean move. I, I, didn't we get we got we, into we, this we talked with about this. LG right? Yeah, we talked yeah. about this a hundred times. Right. Uh, but the one thing I did love, I think the the one person that turned me into a Utah Jazz fan was Hot Rod Hundley and his yeah. calls because yeah. he has a little bit of that. Vin Scully, uh, Lucy Goosey, kind of an aw shucks, you yep. know, definitely. It, radio guys are horrible about not being, uh, being uh, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, They're homers. Yeah, they're homers. Yeah, yeah it, it, absolutely. And Hot Rod was the greatest of all the homers. You yeah. Know? I think Craig Boulderjack does a great call, but, you know, yeah. it's it's not the same gusto. Like, he, yep. he doesn't live and die with the Jazz losing. You right. know? For him, he's right. just trying to give a good call. Yeah. Um, and uh, with Hot Rod, I mean, you could only you could almost hear the Cuddy Stark being poured. Yeah, you know when he's in yeah. the middle of his games, like this is going to be a rough one. You know, but I love it. I do, you know, in, in fairness to Boulder Jack, what I like about him is that I love that buckle up. You know, all good radio guys have to have a catchphrase, right? And he, that's a great catchphrase yeah. as it goes. Yeah. And uh, he kind of does have that nice baritone, silky smooth voice, and yeah, he yeah. has that intimacy with the players. You yeah. know, which uh, we've talked you know, on the show in the past and stuff, but it's like. It seems like sometimes the players are a little distant, and you need to have you know enough miles on the odometer to have that trust with the players, where it's more like, well, we have to talk to them. Right. You know? it, it it it's weird because, um, it to an extent, it seems like we've almost gotten away from some of that. Like, like the legends had the the radio legends had just 
a style and a there there was definitely a homerness there but some Ooh. of those guys i mean you, you talk about ernie harwell with the tigers uh-huh. i mean oh god he could call a game um harry carey was i mean to listen to him call a game on tv or and or even radio because he'd do both for a long time I mean, obviously he got into it in radio and then he was doing TV and, and then he'd leave TV and go to radio. Um, I mean, like how it's not like you'd take a, a class, like a, a, a sports broadcasting class and they'd be like, do it just like Harry Carey. It was just just this style. But it seems like we've kind of gotten away from that. Yeah. Um, and I, I think to an extent, it, it it's probably good in some ways. Like Harry Carey. um there, there was a stretch there where you didn't know what was going on because, you know, Harry had probably had a couple too many Budweiser's. And <laughs> you're like, a- Harry, man, there's nobody on second base right now. And he's talking about someone on second base. You're like, nah, dude, Harry. Dude, you know, I, I, I'm 10 years old, and I'm like, uh, Harry, um, base, bases are clear. And he's talking about, well, or, or oh, well, my goodness. When he would get going on this guy's name backwards, and you're just like, oh, man. Oh man, this isn't. This is not going to end well. Well, I like the fact that I come from a rich, uh, a rich heritage of mispronouncing names. And- oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I remember when the, it was after Harry had died, well after he had died, and the Cubs signed um, Fukudome, mm-hmm. and multiple people were like, "Oh, thank God, Harry isn't around anymore." Because <laughs> what he would have done with Fukudome, uh, <laughs> it would. It, that just would not have been... It, just get the beeper ready? It, exactly. I mean, you would have had to have... Fukudome backwards, and yeah, no. Well, you know, you could do... I, I think there's a part of it, too, is that they, the good ones, you know, like Harry Carey, it's like he clearly loved the Cubs, you yeah. know? And he was a yeah. Chicago... He was almost Mr. Chicago in that yeah. sense. And, you know, but it's what it's nice is that you take casual fans, and for the most part, I'm a pretty casual fan on all the sports. Uh, mm-hmm. I lean a little more towards baseball and more towards boxing and other stuff, but... It's like you want to, you kind of want to harken back to those days when you're young, when the when the game was just literally watching nine guys trying to get one dude out at the plate. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's uh, uh, Jerry Coleman, the Colonel from San Diego, is really good about that. You know, yeah, hang a star yeah. on that because right. for him, it's like after a lifetime of being in the military and flying in World War II and Korean War, and you know, being one of the few guys that Tim uh, Tim Williams, Ted Williams, would actually talk to, mm-hmm. you know, because they shared right. the military connection. It's like you know, it's just a game. You know, yeah. and so enjoy it for being just that, because if you really get into the, you know, the dollars and cents of it, you know, it, it can get overwhelming. Like right now, yeah. like we, you've seen this thing with A-Rod uh, looking at Barry Bonds. Become yeah, hit. yeah. From a PR standpoint, let's pretend for one moment you're uh, A-Rod's agent. Do you even touch Barry Bonds with a 10-foot pole? No, no. You don't want any <laughs> connection between those two. Although I guess at this point... A Rod is so tainted that what difference does it make? Yeah. You know, I mean, it really is it. it, it it's almost like, hey, uh, Barry, maybe you don't want to hang out with A Rod because it'll hurt your reputation. Yeah. Uh, at at this point, it, did Bonds get any uh, votes for the Hall of Fame this year? Well, you know, that's a legitimate question that you'd probably have to look up in order to. Know. I think he. I think he I'm got sure like thirty three. Is my guess, but I'm I'm so often wrong with the numbers and stuff. Uh, well, but you got his name right, so no, that's a, that's a start. Barry U.S. Bonds. Exactly. I I one of the things that um, one of the things that for me that I love about baseball, my goodness, how how it is that we ended up on baseball, I'm not really sure. Um, but is the, is that connection to the past? Like you know, you just you mentioned um, um, you mentioned um, Gwynn? No. Oh my. Coleman. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Holy brain fart right there. Sorry about that. Um, and, you know, it, it's cool, that connection to the past. For me, and, and actually, this was when I started talking about uh, my freshman year, the reason was um, is that so that year in January, I went to the Cubs convention and um, they had, you know, they have a bunch of the current players and a bunch of the old ones. And I got to meet Ernie Banks, who died oh, yeah. um, uh, last, the last week on Friday. Was it I Friday? It was, yeah. Oh, yeah, he did pass and, on Friday. Um, I mean, that that was so cool. I I got my picture taken with Ernie Banks. and mm. I, I mean, just it, it just could not have been a nicer guy just to shake his hand and say hello and um, t- you know, you, you, I stood there and, and actually Friday night after I saw that it happened, I tried to find that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't, I was, I was, I was looking all over for it and I actually think it's at my parents. Um, but I mean, just that, that, that connection to the past, like, you know, you talk about Tony Gwynn and, you know, Tony Gwynn is always going to hold a special place in your heart because he was your first like baseball hero. Yeah. Like you it was your first crush. Right. Exactly. For me, it was Ryan Sandberg. And yeah. at that, that same year at that same Cubs convention, I got to meet him and, I mean, I was this giddy little. <laughs> I, it was like it was like being eight again, and you know, you you go up to him, and um, I told him, I said, you know, I, I I grew up a couple hours from the Hall of Fame. He's like, oh, that's great, and I was like, I've never been. He's like, really? I go, yeah. I'm not going to go until the day you're inducted. <laughs> like that. That would. I was like, uh, oh, that's a good, I got that's the a, that's and, a good and he line. laughed. You uh. know, he laughed because he was still playing at the time. Um, or he came, he had retired, but then he came back and, yeah. and uh, and sure enough, the, I, I was living in Syracuse when he got inducted and we went down to the induction ceremony, which is, if you're a baseball fan, it is amazing because what they do is all, they invite every living hall of famer to come mm-hmm. to the ceremony and then they introduce them all, um, individually. And so, you know, like you're there and, um, Stan usual, you know, and everyone claps for him and. You know, Reggie Jackson, everyone claps. All these guys. Um, and so it, it, it was interesting to see, like, people clap louder for certain guys and other guys. Uh, you know, the the big, big names always got the loudest round of applause. But it, it was so cool. And then the next day, I drove back down and went to the Hall of Fame for the first time. What do you think of this class going in now, you know, which uh – with Randy, Pedro. Uh, oh, it was amazing. I, it, it, it's getting, it's cool now because um, when I was living in Chicago, I I, ton, I took in a ton of baseball games. Mm-hmm. And so it's really cool to see um, guys that I saw play go into the Hall of Fame now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, to see Pedro go in, to see Randy Johnson, it's just really, really cool. Um, it, it, I, I, I mean, those guys were amazing. Um, I think it's I uh, was it was a Biggio from the yeah. What did you think of that? I I thought that was a little. I, I don't I don't know that I, I'm gonna I'm probably I don't have the numbers in front of me and you know our 15 listeners are probably gonna crush me on this but I don't think he has the gravitas to be in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't either. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that you know I'm gonna be telling my grandkids about. Two eighty one lifetime average. Um, I mean I just. I remember watching him because and that's good. I mean, that's a good yeah, lifetime average, you know. Yeah, he was a good. He was a. I felt like he was a really good player. I never really felt like he was a Hall of Fame player, like Mr. Luis he Salazar. Didn't. Yeah, he's got I, and like Luis Salazar is he, not. Oh, a he Hall was of better than Luis Salazar. Fair enough, but, but I mean, he played a ton of games. Yeah. But I never really felt like I, I actually 
as a Cubs fan, when you played the Astros, I was more worried about Bag Jeff Bagwell. Yeah. Now, there, you know, he, he did pretty well. He, what about he, Lance uh, Berkman? He was fifth in the Bagwell was fifth. Okay. Um, he he was a little bit late. Yeah, I, I didn't really like him either. Um, Honestly, I hated the triple Bs. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. But I, but I just never felt like Biggio was a Hall of Fame guy. I just mm. I just didn't feel that. I don't, I don't know. know. It's sort of like the it, the other three guys though in that class. It's Smoltz, Mart- uh, Pedro, and the big unit. Yeah, I think no doubt. I think those three were just unbelievably dominant pitchers. I met. Uh, I this is funny talking about John Smoltz. I remember when I was back in Las Vegas and went to the Mirage to uh, watch some uh, basketball. On part of me, sent, uh, Saturday Sunday football, and as we're doing uh, doing that. There was Schmoltz sitting at the bar having a cup of coffee, going through his sports book thing, you know, like just making, getting yeah. ready to lay bets. And he's been out of the game for a bit, you know, so it's nothing, you know, nothing uh, nefarious or anything like that. But uh, it was funny watching a group of guys basically line up in this unofficial fashion to yeah. kind of wait their turn to go up, like, oh, it's really nice to meet you, Mr. Schmoltz. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I was just as guilty as everybody else of getting in that line to say hi to him yeah. for a second, you know. I thought he has a gravitas, and I love anybody. I don't know what his numbers off the top of my head, but you know, guy that base. I like guys that have enough self identity where they know when it's time to leave the starting rotation and move it into the bullpen. Johnny John Smoltz, uh, a career two thirteen and one fifty five record, a three point three three ERA and one hundred and fifty four saves. That's really he was impre- legit. Oh yeah, that's really impressive oh, yeah. considering that he didn't yeah. probably move to the bullpen until the last five six years of his career. Yeah, he, he was he was an incredible player. And by the way, you had asked earlier earlier about Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. He did receive two hundred and two votes. Okay, thirty six point eight percent. Thirty. I was thinking thirty three percent. Yeah, so. it, I I think it it is interesting to see about the guys lining up when when you see grown men. Become children again yeah, around yeah. professional athletes. That that's cool, especially guys that they saw play, uh, or you know that they kind of grew up with. Mm-hmm. For you, Gwen. For me, Sandberg. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I imagine that there's a whole lot of people um, in Utah who, if they were to come across Carl Malone or John Stockton, would kind of fall into that yeah, same thing, so- you know. Or whether it's uh, Adrian Dantley or mm-hmm. whoever, whatever that era is of the guy who, when you were when you were just getting into the sport, and they're one of the main reasons that you got hooked to have that chance to shake their hand or just say hello. For me, I never wanted an autograph. I, just to shake their hand was the well. That's thing. that was with. I remember reading a book on Bill Russell, and he was he was talking at length, you know. Uh, I mean, amazing career at the Celtics, even as a player coach, which I don't think we'll ever see again. Yeah. You know, but he said that I don't take pictures, but I'll shake any, I don't take pictures. I don't uh, do autographs, but I'll shake anybody's hand and talk to him for a moment. You yeah. Know? And to me, I was, I uh, read about this when I was a lot younger, 15, 16. I was like, that's the way you want these guys to behave themselves. You know? Yeah. Like you want them to be man enough to sit, you know, say nice to meet you um, and talk yeah. to you for a moment. But, and the autographs and the pictures, you know, could take, you know, it's it, maybe it takes away a little bit of the personality that goes with it. Yeah, you know, and uh, but obviously, um, would you think how long is it going to take for Barry Bonds gets into the Hall of Fame? I don't. Or is he going to be a veteran selection? I don't think he ever will. I really don't. I just I think that there are too many people. Part of Barry, part of the problem with with Barry Bonds is that it's the media who does the voting, mm-hmm. and Barry Bonds was. A jerk. a jerk for an awfully long time. Um, I I dealt with him once. Um, it was it was 
um, in Milwaukee. And uh, so it, I had gone to the game, and he didn't homer. He was he was closing in on a milestone. It might have been seven hundred. Okay. Um. It it might have been like he was at like six ninety something. I think that's what it was. And um, so there there were just a ton of national media there too. And after the game, there you take an elevator down um, to the clubhouse level. Mm. And I remember in the elevator, one of the national media guys was uh, Pedro Gomez from yeah, ESPN. Yeah, yeah. And I remember him saying to one of the other guys in the room, and I don't remember who it was, you think Barry's going to talk? And the other guy goes, no, nah, no way, Barry isn't talking today. Um, and so we go down, because he hadn't homered in the game. I think he went like one for three. I think he had like a single. And uh, you go down and um, you go into the locker room. And Barry is sitting in his locker. And there's a PR guy standing right in front of him. Barry has this just just sarcastic grin on his mouth, <laughs> on his face. And the guy, the PR guy goes, nope, not today, guys. We aren't doing anything. Just like and that. That's it. And Barry Bonds is just sitting there. Just sitting there. And the interesting thing, I kind of watch because I, I was like, eh, that's Barry Bonds. That's pretty cool. Um, but I watched for a little while. None of his teammates talked to him. Um, and he, I, it was one game. It was one experience. But it was just interesting to see. No one was talking to him. He just sat there. And and then so then the PR guy goes, and um, I was like, well, no one really does talk to him. It was just, I don't know. I, I he was he, he could hit a baseball an awfully long way, and. He had a remarkable career that was helped um, by some allegedly helped uh, allegedly helped by less than natural ways. Um, I I don't I don't know if he'll ever get in unless unless they change the the way that the, kind of the the way that they do it. I I would have a hard time seeing him get in if, if they did away with kind of the good guy and just said, hey, look, even if the guy was a jerk or if they, they came out and said, look, during the steroid era, you don't take that into consideration, then maybe, but otherwise, I don't I don't know if he would. There was a, all great blade plans never really come together on this podcast, and it's mostly my fault as host, but uh, one of the things that we were going to talk today uh, was about the Super Bowl coming up, obviously, on Sunday, and a bunch of proposition bets that I had downloaded offline and stuff, and you're talking about Barry Bonds not speaking and stuff. And uh, one of the bets that came out was uh, will uh, Marshawn Lynch grab, blah, 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 will Marshawn Lynch be fined by the NFL for any incidents on media day? Yes, is plus four hundred. No, it's negative six hundred. You know, it's like you know with Barry Bonds going down to that meeting room with Pedro Gomez, you had to have been like, there's you know, I'm betting, the, I'm betting the no, like this guy will not be speaking. You right. Know? I mean, historically, the guy right. really was a jerk. He you know? was, yeah. And and really, that's how it went down. Was that you walk in and. And Barry knew that everyone wanted to talk to him. Those guys, those, that national media was well, there specifically we... for him. That's the only reason that they were there. No, nah, we aren't doing anything today, guys. Okay. Well, they, they, uh, it's, it, uh, it just drives me up a wall. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you a couple. I'm going to uh, put a couple of these prop bets in front of you. I want to see how you would be taking some action on this. Bring it. Okay. So uh, this is taken from uh, sportsinformation.com. 
So I'm going to ask you the first one here is, uh, how long will it take Idina Menez to sing the national anthem? The over-under is two minutes and one second. I'm taking the over. Over? Why is yeah. that? Because I think that anyone, any good musician, when they have the spotlight, the spotlight of the Super Bowl, um, you draw it out as long as you can. I, I, if I were going to do it, I would recommend, <laughs> and I can't sing for anything. I would recommend that the bookmakers make the over under eight and a half minutes. I would draw <laughs> that out. I would. I'd be. I would add some words. Um, that should actually be a prop bet. Is will if I may. May I ask you the second question then? Yes. Will Idina Menes forget or omit at least one word from the official U.S. national anthem? There you go. Um, for me, see my eight and a half minute version. That the number of you do over under on the number of words. It isn't will he. It was it's over under on number. Of will words. she? Yeah. Um. Absolutely. Yes. She will. She will mess up a word. They had the uh, when Ken Burns did his baseball documentary. They had the uh, all these people, probably forty people, sing the uh, "Take Me Out to the Ball Game," and mm. there was forty different people. 40 different versions. I think the national anthem is a little more concrete in how we sing it, but it, in front of, what's the viewership? I think it's going to be 120 million people. Right, is a lot. Literally a third of the nation will be watching the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I think under that stage, even I might forget it. Yes. Were you bummed to find out that Whitney Houston lip sang? Yes. Was that, do you remember that one picture of the guy and he's, he's got his glasses off and he's mopping his face, you know, what was that? 93 yeah. or, or, or 91. <laughs> and it was 91. I think, you know, uh, it just, I, you know, I find myself, the national anthem is one of those few songs that I get a little choked up when I hear and when done correctly, it might be the most emotional song I know. Yes. All right. How many times will deflated balls be referred to in the game over under two and a half? In the broadcast? In the broadcast. The over-under's two and a half? Yeah. Oh, I'm taking the over. Yeah, I would take the over, Oh, too. absolutely. Anytime, yeah. Yeah. Uh, will Marshawn Lynch grab his crotch after scoring a TD in the game? Yes, plus 400, no, negative six. I'm taking no. Taking no? Nah, he, no. You think he's going to be all business? Former Buffalo Bill. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, well, you have to assume he's going to make it into the end zone, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it's, uh, obviously. So, I, I think... I think that there's too much standing in the way of it happening. Um, I'm, I'm going no. Uh, I actually like this question. Which coach will be mentioned first by name on TV after kickoff, Pete Carroll or Bill Belichick? By first name. Oh, man. By first name? Yeah. Um, whoo, that, that uh, man. And that's tough because you don't even know who's going to win the face. I'm, Bill Belichick. No, uh, the deflate ball gate. I'm going with Bill Jack. Okay. They're going to mention him. I figure because Pete Carroll has more of a uh, every man approach, they might call him Pete during the game. Yeah. You know, even with that. Uh, which color, and eh, it's not very good, but I'll ask anyway. Which color will Bill Belichick's hoodie be? Gray, gray, blue, or red? Oh, gray? Gray. Okay. I don't even need options. I'm going gray. Bill Belichick's hoodie type. Sleeves cut, sleeves intact. Cut. Cut? All right. That's It's going to be hot. Yeah, it's going to well, be well, putting down the toaster. Yeah. Uh, will Belichick smile during the game on the uh, – will Belichick smile during the game on camera, yes or no? Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. The, uh, no, because no, they're going to lose. Really? Yeah. Well, we, we, we'll have to get to that one there. <laughs> yeah. All right, here's uh, – now, part of the reason, not only because you're my boss and uh, you're the uh, grand poopah of the podcast, but we had to bring you in because no one at the staff at the Salt Lake Tribune knows more about Katy Perry than you. You're the resident expert. True. 
How many times will Katy Perry be mentioned in the first half? The over-under is one and a half. This is by the broadcasters. Give me the plus. Yeah, I think... I want the over. I got the over on that, too. Yeah. And if they know what they're doing, it'll be over. Okay. Now, this one here is the big one. This is the one I've been looking forward to asking you. Which song will Katy Perry perform first at the halftime? Firework. No. Roar. Yes. This is how we do. No. Dark Horse. E.T., Wide Awake, Waking Up in Vegas. It's going to be Roar. Yeah. That's a great song. I, I Not... not <laughs> Um, not to, uh, I have some insider information on this. Oh, you That's do? what she opened her Salt Lake concert with, was Roar. Um, How'd she do? Fantastic. What a show. What a show. <laughs> what a show. I'm, I, I'm, I'm more excited about the halftime show than I am the actual game. Um, I don't like the Patriots. I don't like the Seahawks. Um, give me Katy Perry. I would prefer that Katy Perry get the first half and second half and they play the football game during halftime. Before we move on with the rest of these uh, prop bets and stuff like that, what have been what's been one of your favorite halftime shows? Um I I don't I'm not a guy who usually watches them. I mean, the only one that I remember is Janet Jackson, and that's because of what happened. Which was um, – the funniest thing is that I te- I like to watch them enough. I like to have them on and just sort of like, you know, like most people and stuff. Yeah. The uh, I miss – all that kind of stuff while working at the club. That's yeah. the first time ever I caught it in in real life. You know, with Janet Jackson. I, I was at a I was at my wife's best friend's house, and I was sitting on the floor, leaning up against the couch, and I was kind of watching it. And I remember when it happened, and I was like, "Wait a minute, was that just <laughs> no?" And didn't really think anything else of it until later, and was like, "Oh my, yes, it was." I didn't put two and two. It, it yes, took me a second to put two and two together. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, probably, and I, I'm not, I'm a big Pearl Jam fan. That's one of the. I listen to basically two bands: Fugazi and Pearl Jam. Everything else, I'm not such a fan of. However, Bruce Springsteen yeah. was amazing. Yeah, and yeah. you know, after watching him, you know, the entire thing, you're looking at this guy that's probably hopped up allegedly on HGH. You know, sliding across the floor with his guitar, screaming into the stands. 100,000 people singing along to him. More, I mean, just a real powerful entertainer yeah. and stuff. Uh, I was uh, always thinking, like, instead of having these pop people like Bruno Mars perform, which turned out to be amazing last year, but Bruno Mars, I, I don't know, I'm turning the page on Bruno Mars. I might be adding him to my third list here, but I always thought, like, you should get the classic guys, you know, like a Bruce Springsteen, throw a Pearl Jam, Bon yeah. Jovi, and Katy Perry, M- Motley Crue, Katy Perry, Motley, okay, Katy Perry, sure. All right, more Katy Perry here. What will Katy Perry be wearing when she begins the halftime show? Skirt or dress? Pants below the knee, shorts above the knee. Uh, pants or dr- uh, no, the dress option. Just, it's going to be a dress. Okay. I feel pretty confident in that one too. That's uh, four bucks will get you five on that. Pants will get you two out of one, and so will shorts. Uh, we, we may have to head over to Wendover after this <laughs> and uh, put some money down on these. Uh, what color will Katy Perry's hair be when she begins the halftime oh, show? Oh, that's legit. Okay. Let me what get- are our options? Uh, black or brown. Okay. Pink or red. Okay. Blue or green, blonde or purple. Oh man. Okay. Now naturally, it's it's dark. It It'd is be a, the brown. She is black. a brunette. Um, so that that's got to be kept in mind. However, it is Kate. Okay. Now, when they say her hair, is it full coverage? Because presumably, she's probably going to have a wig. You know. Right. I. You know what? Oh, let's let's live dangerously. Give me the blue green. Blue green. I'm taking blue green. I was going to go with purple. 
You know what, though, For man? some reason, and it's going off at five to one. Purple's five to one? Yeah. What, what are the other odds? What odds are the odds on the black, other ones? Black, brown's two to one. Pink, red, three to one. Blue, green, three to one. Blonde, four to one. And then uh, purple, five to one. Man. Seems now, like see, one of the few long shots that could actually go down. Oh, man. That, that, that's a tough... Oh. No, I'm, you know what? I'm sticking, I'm sticking with blue-green. All right. I, I, I just have a feeling. How many times will the very beautiful Janelle Bunt, uh, Bunchen be shown on TV? Over-under is one and a half. I'm going to take the under. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that the... I don't... No, nah, I'm taking the under. Did you watch uh, Tom Brady? They've got to find her. Yeah. But, but, I mean, they'll know... I, if she's there, they'll know where she is. But I still don't... I would I imagine she's going to be sitting in Robert Kraft's uh, would, suite. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, she can afford her own. Well, here's the other thing: if I'm Robert Kraft, I want her in my suite. Right. You know? Yes. It's so. Yes. It's not where that's she better could, than Chris Christie with Jerry Jones. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh man, you want to talk about a, a lot of range there? You know? <laughs> Chris Christie on this end, and Janelle Brunson on the other far end. Um, let's see who will be shown more on TV during the game. This one's a little uh, Robert Kraft or Paul Allen. Craft. Uh, yeah, it's it's going off. They of kind of have a little bit of a man crush on him, I think. Uh, I, wanted, I was I was asking. What you, are the odds on that one? Uh, odds is uh, one to two on Craft, three to two on Paul. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Problem is, Paul Allen. If he were to walk into these Tribune offices with a Microsoft T-shirt on and started shaking hands, introducing himself, I don't think many of us would no. even recognize who no. he is. It, it'd or, be like, why is this? Why is this Mormon apostle here? Yeah. I mean, really, he looks more like a Mormon apostle than... Uh, and, and Robert it, Kraft literally looks like what he should look like. Yes. His, his two-tone, he wears the rich man shirt, the two-tone shirt with the cuffs and the collar different than the, uh, the actual shirt itself. Yes. You know? I, yes, I agree. And I've been around money once or twice in my life, and it smells different than anything else. Yes. You, know, you and I smell like Chuckarama. He smells like a, a, a 120-foot He smells yacht. like Tiffany's <laughs> after a trip to – after eating a uh, filet. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> I don't even know what that's. I don't like. either. Yeah. Uh, over under on men, uh, viewers for the game, uh, it's one hundred and thirteen million. Oh, that's probably um, really close. I'm going under. The last five years have topped each other in terms of viewership. They just I, keep ramping it up every year. It's because I don't want to watch it, so mm. no one else does, right? <laughs> that not, the last I saw, it, it said that the commercials were going to kind of be tamer. So I think that that and I, I'm I'm gonna go under. Okay, why do you, why are they gonna be tamer? Part of the fun uh, that's is, just all. I didn't read the story. I just saw the headline. A uh, part of me is that it just seems like that's the one time of the year where the commercials can be as outrageous as possible. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, you know. It, you want you want to bring in the casual fan, uh, my special lady friend. She'll watch the Super Bowl, not jump for the game, but for the commercials. Right. Oh, yeah. same same with. Uh, same with my lady friend. Mm -hmm. And actually, my kids prefer the snacks. They don't, even, they don't watch either. Well, the snacks, right. Right. All right, this one. I really like this one. Uh, who, who, uh, who will the Super Bowl MVP mention first in his interview? And there's six options here. One's got to be God. Teammates is number one. Okay. God. Yeah. Fans or the city. Coach, family, or the owner. Um... That that's good. That, see, because there are so many options as to who gets it. I'm going to say, um, give me. God's going off at five to one. I, uh, oh 
What are the the odds on the others? Teammates is uh, three two, Fan City fifteen to two, uh, Coach twelve one, Family twelve one, Owner twelve one. Give me God. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say you win the Super Bowl MVP. Who do you think first in your speech? Who should I or who would I? Who will you? Uh, who will I? I won't thank anybody. Not even Kyle Goon? No, I would forget. <laughs> I would forget everyone. See, I would be the guy who needs to write it down, which you really can't do if you're going to win the MVP of the Super Bowl. I would forget everybody and then feel horrible about it later. Like, I would be the guy who was like, oh, thanks to the guy who, like, held up the yard marker and thanks to the guy <laughs> who, like, put my jersey in the locker and I'd get home and my wife would be like, you forget something that that would be me. I would just I just forget. Would you remember to say I'm going to Disneyland? Um, no. You know what? I would honestly. I would try to branch out and be like, I'm going on a carnival cruise or a Norwegian <laughs> cruise. I can't wait to get to, to Six Sweden. Flags. Once I get, I'm going no, to Six Flags. No, you got to go big. It'd be like, I can't wait. I've just won the Super Bowl. What are you going to do? I'm going to go on a Royal Caribbean cruise to the Antarctic. And then, like, everyone would be like, what is he talking about? And then I get the call and be like, hey, uh, we'd like to offer you a free cruise to the Antarctic. And I'd be like, yep, yep mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Disney World, go somewhere better. Come on. Yeah. All right, this one is uh, huge. Probably the most important one I'm going to ask you right now. Um, what color will the Gatorade or liquid be dumped that what will be what will be the color of the Gatorade that's dumped on the head coach of the winning Super Bowl team? Orange, yellow, clear water, red, blue, or green? Uh, orange. Yeah, it's it's that's uh, the best. It's your uh, that's what they've got at three to two. The rest of them are a little uh, a little more wonky around that. For some reason, red seems like that to be the. I would almost have a special guy, a team assistant, you know, to make sure you get the right color on that. Yeah, you don't want water. It's got to be Gatorade, otherwise it isn't sticky. Yeah. You, I mean, if you're gonna get your coach, you got to get your coach. Yeah. And it's it has to be Gatorade. Don't go with the weak sauce water. Who will act uh, hypothetically because we can't have both of them get dumped on? Who do you think reacts better to it, uh, Belichick or uh, Pete Carroll? Um, like better, like more like oh around. heck, guys, he got me good. Oh, uh, Pete believe- Carroll. Oh yeah, Pete Carroll definitely. Uh, Bill Belichick's expression wouldn't change. You think Bill Belichick would make guys run gassers? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's he's got guys. He's he'll have cameras on it to see who actually gets him. Uh, this one I don't see this happening. But who will Barack Obama pick to win the game? New England or Seattle? Seattle's even one to one, and New England is five to seven. New England. Yeah, it's pretty good. I think we're getting close. Yeah. I don't like that. That's a – Yeah, that's what I – I thought it was kind of an ugly one. And then this – I just asked this because it's here. What will happen with the Dow Jones the day after the Super Bowl? Mark it up, mark it down. Really? Yeah. That's a legit question? Well, I mean, it's a bet you can make. Up. Up? Yeah. Yeah. What do you, so I'm kind of with you a little bit with this Super Bowl. It's like I'm not invested with any of the teams. Yeah. You know? And then and there's a little bit of uh, Patriot, you know, I'm, I've been overwhelmed with them. You know, like they, uh, they seem like they've always been there. And it, it's almost like the, yeah. it, there's a little too much of a regime, you know, that goes back yeah. there and stuff. I don't really. And then with Seattle, I just they get to live in Seattle. Why do they get anything more? You know, uh, right. like the, the poor people of Cleveland should have a Super Bowl simply because it would mean more to them. Uh, I don't know. I mean, who do you got in this game? Well, see, for for me, I last year I I, I didn't I like the Broncos because I I admit I'm a Peyton Manning fan. 
Um, but there's, then so there's support groups for this that. year. Uh, thank you. <laughs> this year uh, it would be Seattle, except that they won last year, and I don't like that whole dynasty idea. I just I I like to see different teams win it, um, but I can't stand the Patriots, and, and I I haven't been able to stand them for a while. I think Belichick's arrogance is it just it just rubs me the wrong way. Um, they're in the same division as uh, the Bills, and so they always kick the snot out of the Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this year, though. Didn't they uh, lose? Uh, the, the Bills beat them in the last game of the regular season, but yeah. it was because the Patriots had already wrapped up home field. Yeah, and okay. so Brady only played for a little bit of the game. I, I guess I'll cheer for Seattle um, just because I'm kind of I'm, – I, I just can't stand the Patriots. But I really – I don't have a strong feeling um, – like I don't usually, you can kind of get that. Uh, you can create an emotional tie. Yeah, right. I just can't do it. And the only way I can get emotional tie with this is if I were to take a lot of money and bet on them. You know, because I don't have an invested interest in either of these teams. Yeah, I I guess that. Yeah, really, I, I I'm gonna watch more for the commercials than the game this year. And Katy Perry. Oh, without <laughs> without a doubt, without like a, a boss. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I refuse to go to a Super Bowl party so that I can have some peace and quiet while I watch uh, the halftime show. It's funny how these guys write these. I'm not going to ask you, but uh, one of them is they have these specials like Groundhog Day's Parlay where it's like Phil sees a shadow, Patriots win. Phil doesn't see a shadow, Patriots win. And, you know, <laughs> and, like, and then they have Margin of Victory, which is insane. You know, like uh, I predict if I had to do this, I'd say it would be 27-24. You know, that's just my guess where I have to stop. And I'm, uh, I'm going to pick Patriots to win, you know. Yeah, it, I, I'm gonna go I, on record. I hope it's a great game. I hope, I, it's, a I hope game. it's a close game. You know, and I'm going on record. I'm looking at the computer, and thanks to all the listeners out there. 27-24, Patriots. Hi, Mom. But, you know, they have things like Patriots, 25 to 30 points, Seahawks, 1 to 6, you know. but And the odds on that, they're pretty good. Uh, I love the first score of the game. Uh Last year was yeah. A, last, last year, year was there safety. was a lot of money made if you bet that. Yeah. If if you got if you went with the safety, there was a lot of money. This year made. they have it going off at thirty three to one. Yeah, for, the, for safety of the game. No way does that happen again. Wouldn't that be insane? It, it wasn't back to back years they had safeties as the first point of the game. Mm. Oh. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know about I that. I don't know about that. Uh, coaches challenges MVPs. Uh, I'll give you the top five. Uh, Brady, Wilson, Lynch, Gronkowski, Blunt, Edelman, Baldwin. Yeah. Just yeah. It seems like on that, it's almost like picking picking ping pong balls out of it a hopper. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And first player to score points, uh, Marshawn Lynch, Gronkowski, are the, are the leaders in the clubhouse and with Blunt and Edelman on the backside of that. I don't care. Yeah. I really don't care. Yeah. You know, field goal is uh, fifteen to two. I feel like there's no real talent involved in that. No. You know, if you if you're picking Katy Perry's hair color, there's there is skill. <laughs> well, involved there is in research that. involved with that. Exactly. Uh, I do like uh, they had a great UFC parlay with this with uh, Sylvia and Diaz. Like Sylvia with Patriots win, Sylvia with Seahawks win. I love those cross sport bets where it's uh, Kobe Bryant total points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, assist. With uh, Tom Brady passing attempts, yeah. See, I would do. I would love obviously to, that one's got to be stricken from the board because you know uh, Kobe's out. I I would love to do one that was like um, like NHL MVP, uh, <laughs> home run leader in baseball. Um, let's see, assist leader in in the, the NBA. NBA. And the Ohio State winning the national championship and the again. leading scorer. 
on the national and on the NCAA <laughs> Division One men's basketball runner up. <laughs> like, if I wonder the odds of hitting that right now. Uh, no, you it, know it'd be funny. Is you add all of that, and it'd be like, and Mississippi's third congressional district goes to a Democrat, <laughs> <laughs> and we have a Mars lander in the next twenty-seven months, and the hometown of Miss Universe, yeah, <laughs> of, of the Luxembourg Miss Universe Miss. representative. <laughs> Although, actually, if it's Luxembourg, it probably it, that's not that hard to pick. Most so of we go with like uh, Austria's the, the hometown of Austria. I, I got Vienna this year. I think Vienna is going to pull Miss Austria. I don't know. Done a lot of research. I like on your that. chances. I like, I like ch- your chances. <laughs> I wonder, you know, the, it's got to be one of those things for a bookmaker where you're just you go, you start like, this is why I got into the business, you know, rolling <laughs> up the sleeves. <laughs> the, the the work that they do to prepare is incredible. To come out, I mean, because we kind of we joked about like the Katy Perry hair color, mm-hmm. but like that's legit. They had to do research into that. Yeah, that isn't just those odds. It isn't just like, oh, hey mm-hmm. Benny, uh, put down, uh, put down puke. <laughs> I mean, like there's there's research that went into the color of her hair. How great would it be that you find one of the people that run one of the Katy Perry fan Twitter accounts, like in the yeah. direct message them? It's like we need to talk. We're setting the line for the Super Bowl. We need some insight. What do you think? How off with blonde? Could they go off at blonde? It's four to one the right odds on this. And talking to some thirteen year old girl from you know uh, yeah Pittsburgh <laughs> from Pittsburgh or. Melanie uh, from Pittsburgh. Melanie is from Walla Walla, Seattle says, <laughs> or uh, Washington. Well, we're going to wrap this up because uh, Kamo's got to go do some real work, and we've taken him away from his responsibilities. It's a digital editor of Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, so we should probably have some guests come on. Again. Yeah, we're due for another guest. Yeah. We are. So if you've been listening after 50 minutes, uh, shoot us a, uh, uh, give us a tweet at KWinMo or at Benny Raskin or at Trib Sports Radio. Um, Reach out, see if you can do that. Uh, please go to iTunes, uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Five-star rating, kill us in the comment section. And uh, anything else, my man? I don't think so. I think we really did one of the most podcasty of podcasts we've done. <laughs> I, your ability to make words out of not words is astounding. <laughs> well, and that's why they pulled me away from writing responsibilities and more talking. <laughs> so, Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Take care. For Tribune Sports Radio, this is Ben Raskin. Our weekly podcast is recorded every Tuesday. Subscribe to the show on iTunes at Trib Sports Radio. And while you're there, please rate the show and give us some comments to help improve the podcast. All of our reporters' work can be found at sltrib.com. Please follow us on Twitter at Trib Sports Radio. Tweet us questions and the fellows will be happy to answer them. Or if you feel like writing an email, send it to Tribune Sports Radio, all one word, at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.